Welcome to the White Sox Daily Podcast. My name is Ben. Uh, I am back with Xavier this week. Xavier was uh, running solo for the last two weeks, did a phenomenal job keeping things going. I appreciate that. Uh, the White Sox have been doing pretty good here uh, lately. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of skip over the, the hiccup against Cleveland on, uh, what was that, Tuesday. Uh, really nice run against the Orioles. Uh, I know you wrote a great piece for the site about that, but yeah, just, you're, just real quick, general feeling on that series. Yeah, no, I was glad they just took it. I think we've talked about it a little bit through, it's been a reoccurring theme, and especially last year. Um, I think it's so important to not let uh, these these games against bad teams just slip away and like Absolutely. let them hang for so long. Because at the end of the season, if you're in a tight race, imagine be splitting those games against the Orioles or the Ro- Royals when you could have easily and should have been nine in one or eight in two and and just dominate. And that's what we saw uh, in that series from the pitching to the hitting, everything just seemed to click. So um, they absolutely came out and did what needed to be done. Um, and that put them in a good position. Uh, the, the Cleveland series was a wash. Uh, they, the lost first game and the second one um, was uh, rained out. So rather than kind of diving in on that day, um, let's start uh, br- kind of breaking news. And you were the one who told me about this. Yeah, Andrew Vaughn today, it was announced that he would be put on the injured reserve list. I think it's just kind of protocol things. Uh, uh, supposedly it has to do with being uh, tested for COVID. Uh, he is asymptomatic, which is a good sign, but they have to put him on the injured list. I think he'll probably get tested again and could potentially not be on there as long, but they just, with how se- severe these uh, the, the virus has been, they just want to make sure they go through all the measures and, not harm the rest of the players if it came to that. COVID has a specific "quote unquote" injured list. I think it's still called an IL, but it's it's a COVID specific. So unlike um, a hamstring injury that puts you on the ten day IL, um, this is based on testing. And like you said, if he's asymptomatic, and it was a, it, it, this has happened several times around the league where they're back very quickly. So um, this isn't this isn't like a ten day situation where no matter what he can't come back for ten games. So um, and with that move, uh, the White Sox had to make uh, another move to, and bring up a player. They went with Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets was a former 2017 second round pick by the team. A great bat coming out of, I think, college. I'm blanking, but uh, he's 25 years old. And a great story behind him just because uh, last year with the way there's no minors and who, who, are, who are the teams going to put on their alternate sites? A lot of guys have got left off. Gavin Sheets was one of them. Uh, and he, I saw a piece by James Fox. He said uh, how distraught and upset he was about not being able to be a part of that. He, he didn't see any reason why he couldn't be there, uh, but he didn't. But uh, he didn't let that bother him. He must. He just kept working in the offseason and returned in spring. And now this last two months, in the month, I should say, in the minors, and he's been killing it for the Charlotte Knights. He's hitting 319, uh, 360 on base percentage, 500 slugging, a uh, handful of doubles, four home runs, 20 RBIs, 11 runs, and just 23 games. This is a big guy, too. Six foot five, 230. Yeah. Uh, something the White Sox uh, seem to 
like always have stockpiled if they ever need it. It's a guy who <laughs> can play first base or DH. Corner um, outfield. guy who has power. And if you need to, you can toss him in the outfield. This season for the Knights, he's played 14 games at first, nine in right field, and then another in left. And with, uh, you know, all those injuries, particularly to outfielders, I- I'll be very curious to see if he gets some time in the outfield. Um, I was just looking at... Uh, Prospect rankings coming into this season um, on MLB.com. He was ranked as the ninth prospect uh, for the White Sox organization, uh, which is very deep. Um, they have a, they have a nice uh, they have a nice farm system. So um, yeah, I, good for him. Uh, he's this, I, I did see a trivia uh, piece of trivia is the son of big former big league. Oh, what is it? Pitcher, I think. No, Slugger, uh, Oriole Slugger, Larry Sheets. So anyway. Got some of his power from his dad. Yeah, you know, it, it's been, you know, the talk around the league. I, I don't. I think just about every team, their fan base is, is uh, you know, fretting on, on the Twitter over injuries to their teams. You know, hamstring injuries have been, I don't have the numbers in front of me, um, so I'm going to give a completely uneducated feeling here. But it seems like, it just seems to me that there is a ridiculous amount of hamstring injuries compared to what I'm used to seeing, especially this early in the season. The White Sox hit again with this. Kopech, who has been so good uh, out of the bullpen and in his, his spot starting situations, um, he hit the 10-day IL with uh, a hamstring injury. And so it just seems like um, it seems like that's going to be the storyline this season for teams and, and teams like the White Sox who have already proven, hey, we can keep going after it uh next man up that kind of mentality um you know i i think i personally i feel pretty good about the white Sox's chance to overcome the injuries that keep getting thrown at them yeah it also it all seems like uh say if there's an injury uh they got the next man up which like makes that person that's injured not have to worry as much to rush yep. back yep. and then he gets his time and eventually heals and then he's back up and then uh, hopefully not, but if need be, someone is hurt, there's another guy waiting in the wing. And when it comes specifically to Michael Kopech, um, if there's one incredible strength that I have seen from this team, it has been their bullpen. Um, they've got some really good arms in there. I think as, as much as Kopech has been uh, a key component, um, you know, our our fellow writer at uh, White Sox Daily, Patrick Flowers, um, boldly proclaimed uh, over the weekend that he is his White Sox, if the season ends as a reliever of the year. Um over a guy that we will be talking about later in the podcast, uh, Liam Hendricks, who has also been uh, pretty darn good. But we'll get to him in a little bit. So I think their bullpen's still in pretty good shape. Yeah, I was worried a little bit early on in the season just how much these guys were going to use, but the pitch, the, the starting pitching is finally finding its way to go yes. longer in games. And even when they had – there was a couple uh, starts this past week that – uh, guys got roughed up, but it's been by a ton of long balls this season, which really yeah. just one bad pitch, and now it's three, three zero, four zero. But uh, it, sometimes those pitchers, uh, certain pitchers in particular, if they're gonna, if that happens, you can't just take them out right away. You gotta let some of these guys yep. uh, eat some of those innings. And I'm glad uh, at least Tony Ursa not com- not gonna congrat like give them props but just, <laughs> i'm just glad that they're putting them in there longer and not being like oh 
an inning and a third and four runs, you're out of here. I th- I'm glad yeah. that some of these guys are eating those innings. You know, and, I, and I'll say this. If there's one thing that these old school managers have going for them is they come from a time when you let your starter work his way out of the mess that he creates. Uh, I think these, these older managers will tend to have a little bit more um, – I don't want to say the worst faith, but they'll, they'll let their pit, their starting pitchers go a bit longer if they're getting shelled. Uh, I don't think that is quite the quick trigger, which can be a problem sometimes. But I think you're right. You can't keep when you have all of these great arms, but arms that have had a history of some injury issues. You can't just keep burning them all season long. So um, moving quite along, uh, moving right along. Uh, you know, I think we, we were talking about this in our pre-show. Uh, there are two players, uh, two position players that have really kind of turned things around and are really uh, starting to uh, get things going here. Um, I'm not sure at the time of this podcast if the American League has announced their player, their uh, position player of the month. I think they have. Um, but, you know, one of the finalists certainly would have been Abreu, had an incredible May. Um, after a really slow start, he, he slashed uh, 333, 422, 631, which is pretty darn good for the month of May. Six home runs, 27 RBI, uh, five doubles, and a triple <laughs> mixed in there. I, I have to say I didn't see that. I would like to see video of that. Um, but he leads all of baseball, 46 RBI. Some people have been knocking. I'm going to I'm going to get on my old man soapbox for a moment. So people in modern baseball who who like to discount the slash stats, who hate talking about pitchers wins, have started to knock the RBI. Um, I've noticed over the last couple of years um, because the R, you know, RBI is very dependent on guys in front of you getting on base. So uh, just because Mike Trout may not have as many RBI at the end of the season does not mean he is not a better hitter. So that is true. But there is an intangible that comes with that guy who you know when there's a runner on base, a runner in scoring position, he's just going to come through. Um, I don't think Abreu is lucking into his RBI totals uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Really quick, um, they did announce the player of the month went to uh, Tatis and uh, two former White Sox got it. Yeah. Uh, Tatis got it in the NL and Marcus Simeon uh, got nice. it in the AL. So nice. yeah, a little, both little guys rub. who played shortstop. And like, the thing with Abreu, it, it was crazy to me how like I, 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 didn't, I never thought he would decline and he, he hasn't. And it's great to see because everyone was doubting that contract. They're like, he doesn't, he shouldn't get it, blah, blah, blah. But I'm glad he's showing them off. And the, I understand that RBI concept, but he has, I think eventually I would love to do a deep dive and like who I'm sure the front of the order sees more guys on base just because they get more at bat. Sure. But there's mm-hmm. plenty of chances in a nine inning game where the guys at the end or middle yep. of the lineup will see a ton of batters and not all those guys are driving those people in and a brave, especially last season. I saw it a ton yep. a little bit this season. Uh, he's hitting so well and making sure a good portion of those guys touch home plate yep. and give the White Sox some runs. 
I mean, to be fair, over maybe some some sluggers on other teams, it is really nice to be hitting behind guys like Tim Anderson. Uh, he's going to get on base a lot, uh, so that's going to give Abreu chances. It's just that intangible. And, and May, I saw the Jose Abreu that won the MVP last year. I think Abreu must be drinking from the same well of Nelson Cruz and those kinds of guys, but he just ke- he keeps getting better, I think. Uh, this year, I think he's better defensively than I've ever seen him. So whatever, I just think he's... he's uh, He's a freak of nature, and it's great for the Sox to see him rolling. But again, Moncada, um, you mentioned he was your kind of your argument pre uh, podcast that you know he's been kind of a key. So, your thoughts on Moncada? Yeah, um, I was actually in the middle of a piece. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know how often you write, but it, like, <laughs> you get into writing, and then it's just so hard. You pull up so many tabs. You're like, how, how am I maneuvering through all these tabs? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get the piece out and. T- in time for today, maybe this weekend, because it's still pretty relevant. And uh, yeah, it was going to be on Yo Mancada and how he's he's a superstar. I don't he he's is, been absolutely. one of the top. Uh, I, I would say top three batters in this uh, in Major League Baseball this year, uh, if not the top player altogether, but definitely the top third baseman. Uh, a little bit here from just today. Uh, these these stats might mean nothing to you. Uh, most of them are new to me, but just today <laughs> I saw he's uh, number one uh, for all AL third baseman. He is right. number one in F four, uh, WRC plus, right? Uh, DR double A, DRS. I, I don't know if there's two run saved is that one. And then first in on base percentage and second in OPS. I'm gonna just toss a couple more at you. I've been doing this tweet thing where I'm like, I just keep noticing him get on base. And I'm like, I like to look at his games and whether yeah. he gets a hit or a walk or both and how often that happens. And tonight, it the number had just gone up. <laughs> but the last time I made the post was through 53 games. Now it's through 54. But he was he has the third highest on base percentage at 429. Which and it's insane. just it's continuing to rise. And uh, now he has a seven-game hit streak. He brought his average to well above 300. And this is the one that's kind of cool to me. Um, I'll get the updated number right here. Is he's now been on base with a walker hit in 88.9% of games, which that's exceptional. That is that's unbelievable. He plays a premium position. Uh, whether it's fair or not, you expect corner infielders to really produce with the bat um like you mentioned with the defensive run saved uh that's that's been one knock i think most people have seen a plus glove but at times he hasn't shown it um of course they've asked him to change positions a few times um boy you're right he has been unbelievable at a premium position where there's a lot of quality third baseman in the game so yeah, good, good on Moncada. Uh, I definitely and, think he is a key to this. He's he's an unheralded key. Everybody knows and talks a lot about Abreu. Of course, just won the MVP. Tim Anderson because he's one of the most exciting players to watch in baseball. But don't sleep on Moncada. Yeah, and the thing with Moncada, uh, it's great to see him shine because uh, coming in for the White Sox, second base he wasn't that comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Third base seems to be a spot. Yeah. He also wasn't hitting. He was striking out a ton. Yep. Um, he was hitting at a low average. He, he got on base. He was still get, drawing a couple more walks, which uh, has improved a ton more since then. 
and um, he's finally finding himself. And even last year when he had COVID, he's spoken about how it's kind of affected his game. Uh, and now he looks to be turning another tide and being one of the better players. I had this post uh, from when the White Sox were looking for uh, to get Manny Machado and how yeah. I, I was looking back at all the White Sox third baseman since Joe Creedy, because to me, Joe Creedy was like the last right. like, third yeah. baseman that yeah. was every Owned day. Yeah. Some of the guys were uh, Todd Frazier, Bonifacio, Saladino, Bolt, uh, Simeon, who now is shining. Mike Olt, who, who owns the distinction. Mike Olt, let's, let's pause here. He owns the distinction mm-hmm. of homering. In Chicago, in the same season for both Chicago teams in one season. So that's about all he has as a distinction. But he started the season keeping the base warm for Chris Bryant, was uh, released, I think. I don't know if he was traded for a bag of baseballs. But he ended up on the White Sox and hit a home run later that season. So Like Pujols in L.A. this year. Yes, exactly, Uh, yeah. A couple other names. It just just gets wild down the list. Uh, Connor Gillespie, Orlando Hudson, Olomito, Lopez, Kevin Euclid, Brent Lillibridge, Brent Morrell, Jason Nix, Dan Viciato, Mark Tehan, Omar Vizquel, and uh, Gordon Beckham. It's just an ugly list as you go down. Yeah, Moncada, uh, red hot right now. Uh, Another player that's red hot, um, kind of my key player right now, I love closers. I have a thing for watching closers. I just love those guys that that want to pitch in the ninth inning, which I know, again, this is me showing my age. Even the even the idea of the guy coming in in the ninth inning has become an old-school concept. Not every team says uh, ninth inning is a safe situation, which I totally understand. But there's something. There's something. They're a little bit crazy. They're, uh, the, the really good relievers are a little off in the head, I feel like, closers, and they just want to be in there all the time. Uh, and, and Liam Hendricks was named named uh, AL reliever for the month of May. He had just an outstanding uh, May. Pitched in 13 games, had eight saves. He's got 13 on the year. Uh, An insane strikeout to walk ratio of 19 Ks to two walks. Um, No earned runs were given up, which is particularly encouraging. Uh, He got off to a bit of a rough start, as a lot of relievers do in the first month of the season. He gave up five runs and probably a concerning line of four home runs in the month of April. Uh, But again, no earned runs uh, allowed in the month of May. Um, Hitters are batting 182 against him. And and one really interesting statistical note, as good as he was in the month of May, um, opponents have a a batting average uh, balls in play of 320, which is, of course, above uh, league norms, So, which says he was probably a little bit unlucky in the few times guys did get on base. Um, So... You know, hats off to Liam Hendricks. Uh, Kopech going down hurts this bullpen. But when you got a guy who's going to get three saves in two days, I think is what he got over the weekend or something like that. Something absurd yeah. like that. He came in for three three straight games, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, it just he, unreal. And he, he wants to be there. He wants to be in every single game. He talks about that. Obviously, his arm would fall off <laughs> if he did. But um, I just think he's been absolutely outstanding. And, of course, uh, reliever of the month. Uh, yeah, so I think the White Sox are are in good shape. Um, uh, you know that Cleveland series might it was only two game it was supposed to be a two game set would have been a nice uh, you know kind of a test in between some some must or easy should be easy win series. Um, 
you know, they, they, they mounted a nice comeback against the, the the Cleveland closer, just couldn't quite finish it off. And then, of course, the second game was rained out. Uh, yeah, White Sox uh, are, are in good shape going forward. As, as you mentioned, you know, Moncada, uh, you mentioned this. Uh, we, we for, for our listeners, we, we tend to tape these these podcasts on Thursday nights to release on, on Friday. So we're watching actively a White Sox game as we're recording this. And, of course, Moncada hits a home run in the first inning just to kind of give your make your point that much more salient so uh exciting news for the podcast uh we've seen uh, our our partners at, at the live show do this um but we have something pretty exciting that you are going to be taping tomorrow we're looking to get this out pretty soon so why don't you kind of take it from there what is the big news yeah we're gonna uh another uh our, our first interview for our version of the podcast. Uh, I'm speaking to uh, right-hand pitcher Luke Schilling. He went to University of Illinois. Uh, he's in the. He plays for the Winston Salem Dash. This is a guy who uh, last season was one of those players who just got cut off from the White Sox organization. They mm. they had to cut him. They they said they, there's no funds to provide for these players. Yeah, and you're on yeah. your own for. The year or maybe ever. A multi-billion dollar industry ran out of funds. (laughs) Yeah. And he's one of those guys that just continued to put in work. And they they called him up. They said, want to join the team again? He's part of the White Sox organization yet again. And uh, I haven't checked in uh, a day or two, but through his first, I think, seven or eight games, he had yet to give up a run. And was striking out a handful of guys. So he started off pretty hot. So uh, hopefully that continues for him. And I'm excited to speak to him. Look out for that uh, interview sometime next, early next week. Uh, Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Yeah. You got any more thoughts before we bid adieu? No, just, uh, I I was going to have us do this before, but we'll just pick one guy each this week. Who are we riding with uh, for, uh, successful week ahead. Uh, I'm going to go kind of random here. Um, it, it's between two players. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who I've always liked in this league because of his unique skill set. And, and that's Billy Hamilton. Um, he, he's put in a role that is not best suited for him. He is like that, to me, that dream fourth outfielder coming off the bench to pinch run, elite speed, all that fun stuff, plays ridiculous defense. Uh, but we saw last weekend what can happen when he's producing uh, at the plate as well. Um, I mean, nobody's expecting him to put up Moncada Abreu numbers, Tim Anderson numbers, but if he continues playing at the level we saw last week and we've seen recently, um, that's just going to be one more huge step for the uh, boost for the White Sox while they're trying to win games without key guys. Uh, Mine's cheap. I'm going with him again. I think I I picked him in the past, but I'm still riding with Yon Mankata. I want him to just keep putting it to another level and force Major League Baseball and everyone watching to realize He's not just some star player in one city. He's a star player in this whole league, and he's ready to tear it up. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but I I was just going to bring this right into the close here. Sure, yeah, go for it. So uh, last thing is to all-star voting started today. Make sure you go out and vote for every White Sox player. If not every White Sox player, go and pick your favorites. Abreu, Mancada, Madrigal, Hendricks. 
anyone. Anderson. Like yeah, let's let's Anderson. pack it. Let's pack it. Uh, so once again, thank you for listening to the White Sox Daily Podcast, and we'll hear from you soon.